This is the Build Our Future podcast. We shape our buildings, and afterwards our buildings shape us. A window into the past, present, and future of the construction industry. There's still a lot of unlocked doors. Clarity with design, craftsmanship with the build. There's still a lot to find out and do and invent. Collaboration for our future. You know, I don't think it's the end of the invention. The Build Our Future podcast with Raul Faria. Let's build. Begins now. Welcome to the Builder Future podcast. We're going to keep talking technology today as there are so many platforms out there dealing with construction and the little niches that we have in our industry. But what about, you know, our our biggest capital expenditure, our employees, our team members? I'm very happy to have Mallory Brody from Bridget here today to talk about what they're doing with their workforce management solution. Great to have you on, Mallory. Thank you so much for having me today. Really excited to talk about the industry and how tech has been growing in the industry and specifically our workforce planning solution today. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about Bridget and really what is its place in the market? So Bridget is a 50-person company. We're based in Waterloo in Canada. So this is definitely one of the big tech hubs of the country with lots of engineering graduates coming from the University of Waterloo. And so our team is made up of a number of folks that have come from the construction industry and others that are more from the tech industry. And really what our goal is to simplify workflows in the construction industry. And we do that through two different solutions. One is our Bridget Field app, and that's for punch list management and issue tracking on job sites. And then the other is our newer solution, Bridget Bench, which we launched a year ago. And that's for workforce planning in the construction industry as well. Uh, That's awesome. University of Waterloo is an awesome university. I'm a graduate, so I'm a little bit biased maybe, but it's a great, like you said, it's a great tech hub. And I'm sure that the positioning there is really, really beneficial for you and your team. Now, in terms of, you mentioned the two Bridget Field and Bridget Bench. How did you start out with Bridget Field? I believe that's the first platform you rolled out. Did you see a gap in the industry and how did you find that gap? Absolutely. So both my business partner and I came from families that were in the construction industry. So my grandfather had a demolition company in Ottawa and her grandfather had a specialty trade contractor that's still running Vector in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And so we definitely grew up in families that would talk about construction And then Lauren actually went on, my business partner went on to study civil structural engineering. So was able to work on sites in about 13 different states across the US throughout her summers of university. Then we met up through a business accelerator program and it was a bit of a unique beginning in that we had both known about construction and had family in construction, but we didn't know each other at all. And we were randomly put on a team together, given a little bit of startup capital and told to go out into the world and find an opportunity where we felt like technology could help whoever our customers were going to be. So we gravitated towards construction immediately, given that was our common background. And the first thing we decided to do was rather than sit around a table and brainstorm ideas ourselves, we thought we'd go out into the field and start asking questions. And so we did about 500 interviews in the first six months of our business, going from job site to job site, and we called it crane hunting. We'd look for a crane in the sky, and that is how we knew that there was maybe a person there that would answer some of our questions. So did 500 interviews, and we just asked, you know, what is time consuming? What costs money? What do you feel like slows you down on the job site? 
And across those interviews saw a trend that over and over again, project managers and site superintendents were feeling really bogged down by punchless management and the very manual process that that entailed with handwritten notes, Excel spreadsheets, et cetera. So it was kind of a combination of both having this common interest in construction and then actually going out to our potential users at that point in time and really learning about what they thought was their biggest pain point. That's a pretty interesting way of trying to figure out the gap is actually go directly to the source. How was that initial synergy like with you and Lauren Lake, who is the CEO and co-founder of Bridget? Absolutely. So it's really challenging, I think, for first-time business owners, but really any business owners to find partners that they really jive with. And I think it's one of the most important ingredients to building a successful company, but it's not easy. And then we had the added factor of being strangers, essentially. So we didn't know each other at all. And we met actually the very first day of this business accelerator program called the next 36 at the time, and immediately got along. And I think we both felt that unless we were put on a team together, we didn't even want to do the program. Like we just were so set on being partners. And I think that was because we just had the same goals. So we both really wanted to go through this business accelerator program and launch a company at the end of it. It wasn't a project to us. It wasn't a resume builder. We really felt passionate about starting a business and helping all of these individuals from the construction industry that we had interviewed. So alignment, I think, was key. And then the second thing was just a very complementary skill set. So Lauren had come from more of the engineering background. I had come from more of a business background and had one other startup company before. And so we felt like we could really balance each other out just in terms of personality types and educational background. And, and that would help us move forward successfully. So we've had a great partnership. We feel so fortunate that we've been able to go on this journey together. And it was a little bit of luck, but I think we've learned a lot about why it worked in hindsight. Well, you know what they say, like having partners, like that shared vision and the complementing skill set is so important. And while luck does have a play in it, it's also the skill set and how you position yourselves. But how were the challenges when you first started rolling it out, started talking to these people and starting to propose some of these solutions that you had to see what was going to fit, how it was going to work for them? What were some of the challenges? I think for us, we had a lot of conviction around certain milestones and achieving those milestones. So we really didn't want to get into the trap of just falling in love with our own idea and pursuing a business that wasn't actually going to be a success down the road. So I think one of the challenges we faced early on was setting very objective milestones and making sure that if the numbers didn't show that we were getting traction or getting success and being open to tweaking and changing our ideas, it is difficult to do that because sometimes you invest a lot of time in you know, a certain feature or a certain concept and you have to just let it go. So that's something that I think for early stage founders, the focus is critical and you really have to learn to let go of ideas that just aren't working. So we we're able to do that pretty successfully, but it, it was absolutely difficult and it was also hard to sometimes tell certain customers like, hey, I know you really want this feature, but in general, 95% of the industry does not care about this feature. So we can't build it at this point in time. And maybe it's something we get to later, but we can't do it right now. And that was always tough. Yeah. Having that flexibility as, as an entrepreneur is so important because we can get so stuck. I call it the tunnel vision of the way we do things that we know it's going to work. Just take it and it'll work. But you guys won a pretty major prize. I believe it was in 2015, the Google Demo Day. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? And did that actually help with some of this buy-in and these challenges you were potentially facing? 
Yeah, the Google Demo Day was a really exciting time for the whole team at Bridget. So it was a business pitch competition that we we entered in the early stages and they selected about 12 companies from all across the world to go and pitch their business in five minutes. We felt really lucky that we even made it to the finals and we were able to go down to San Francisco and pitch against companies from around the world. And then the fact that we got to win the competition and take the trophy home on the plane and everything was really exciting. I remember a lot of investors and other folks in the tech industry were on the plane from San Francisco back to Toronto and everyone was cheering us with the trophy and they were wondering what we had won and all of that. It was really exciting for our team to watch and I think helped really build credibility. The fact that you know a company like Google was acknowledging the business that we were building and the way we were approaching it just helped validate that for potential customers and investors that we were looking to get more involved in the business. You know, another byproduct that you mentioned of that is also so many companies and entrepreneurs don't take the time to refine their pitch, right? They, they talk about having like the 30 second, the minute and the five minute pitch, right? So you guys must have spent a lot of hours honing that, making sure like the touch points were hit, that it was going to hit with the client. And I feel like a lot of companies out there, it doesn't have to be in construction, kind of don't focus on that. And sometimes you only have a limited window to sell your product or to get that buy-in from the customers. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's two things we learned through entering some of the pitch competitions in the early days, and they're really simple, but we won a number of competitions outside of the Google pitch competition. So I was really trying to understand, you know, why was it that we were being successful in these competitions, even though it's not necessarily relevant to like the real world. And the two things I found we were, we were doing differently is just being very clear about what the problem was that we were solving and what the solution was that we had. And even if you need to be a little bit repetitive about that in the beginning of the presentation, it makes sure that you don't lose people for the following four minutes. Whereas a lot of pitches, you're like, wait, what's that business actually do again? Like, what's their product? Yeah. Is it too much? Is it too little? Like, yeah. what exactly, where exactly do they stand, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then the second thing was just really showing the traction you have in, in the market. So showing that it's not just an idea that you have, but you have real customers and real case studies and testimonials. And if you haven't moved on to the revenue stage of your business yet, you haven't monetized yet, then at least showing that you've done research with real customers that would buy your product at some point in the future. So those were the two things we noticed and I think was one of the reasons why we were successful in that competition. So when did that clarity in terms of what you were trying to accomplish with this workforce solution tool, when did you start seeing the industry's mindset start to change? Because it's been a running theme with everyone I've talked to that construction industry, they're so slow to adapt. <laughs> you know, it takes a long time because we just keep using the same processes that work, right? So when did you start seeing that change? When we first started the business, definitely one of our questions was, why is more software not being used in the industry? I know McKinsey has published various reports that construction has been one of the slowest industries to adapt technology. And we really wanted to understand at a deeper level why that was. And one of the things that we found in the early research was there was a bit of this software hardware disconnect. So the industry had software and there were service providers but they were all desktop-based applications and they weren't mobile first. And so when we'd go to the job site, they would say, oh, well, I actually do have a punch list 
software solution, but I can't really make use of it because I can't access it from my phone or a tablet. So it's on the computer back in the job site trailer, but that's not really useful to me. And so we wanted to make sure that for the field product, at least, it was very much a mobile first application. So not only did they have the software to track it, but it also made sense for the piece of hardware that they were using. That was the big thing. And then I I think the second thing that we looked at was how do you engage a very high number of stakeholders because there are a high number of stakeholders on every construction project and really reduce the barriers to getting the engagement you need from say your subcontractors or different team members on the job site. And that was just really through building like a very simple application, not showing any individual more information than what it is that's completely relevant to them. So a lot came into the user experience design to simplify that. So with those two things, we really did not feel a lot of pushback in terms of adopting technology. And I think we were able to get to the bottom of why there had been some resistance historically for punchless software, and then use sort of the same line of thinking and the same problem solving for when we went to launch our second solution, Bridget Bench. Yeah. So it sounds like you launched with Bridget Field. I think it was in 2014. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. That's a really, I think it was a really smart move because there is always that disconnect between the office management and what's happening on site. When is it happening? I know you mentioned the punch list system with the field, but can you tell me a little bit more about the field application and really how it evolved to what you have now, which is your Bridget Bench and really more of a workforce management solution tool where now companies can allocate their resources in a more detailed fashion? Absolutely. So yeah, Bridget Field was the first product. We grew that to about 150 customers across North America. And the product really got to a certain maturity level where it was pretty robust in terms of the feature set. Customers were getting the value. And so we started to explore from there, you know, what else do our customers need? What are some of the other areas of their business that they feel like there can be some productivity gains? So ultimately, the field team reports into the operations team at a construction company. So we started speaking with these operations executives, as well as some of the IT executives, because they had a very good sense of what their software stack looked like today, where there were gaps, what they were being asked for from different team members. And it was through, again, a similar research process where we went out to the industry, we asked what they needed. And resource planning came up time and time again as being something that they weren't receiving from existing project management solutions. It wasn't an existing feature set. It wasn't part of their CRM solution. It wasn't part of their HR solution. And it was really just this gap in the middle. And again, they were using Excel spreadsheets and very manual methods to track their workforce. And that was interesting to us because we were like, wow, you know, a company's workforce is actually the most expensive thing that they have at their company. And if they're not using the workforce to the full capacity and they're not tracking the utilization of the workforce, then there's potentially a lot of dollars they're leaving on the table. So we felt like this was a really compelling problem that we could try and help the industry solve. So through the research process, came up with a prototype and then eventually launched the Bridget Bench resource planning product in May of last year. So we've been in market for just over a year now. Nice. So it sounds like initially the ease of use was a big priority because you do have people on site, construction workers actually checking their phones and everything else. Was the same thought process used for Bridget Bench? Or was it a little bit more elaborate because now you had somebody who was actually allocating these resources and people? You know, what was that onboarding process like? Like, What is your onboarding process like to bring people onto Bench and then Field? Ease of use has always been one of the biggest areas of focus for our product and design team. And I think 
That's not because we're in construction. I think it's just something that is really important for any solution you're building, whether it's a tech solution or not. And we're really trying to make the solution as easy to adopt from an implementation perspective. And then once you're using the system on a daily basis, we want that to be a delightful experience and for you to not continuously hit roadblocks or challenges when you're using the product. So that's always been a priority, whether it's the field product or the bench product. And we accomplish that through a lot of user testing that we do, both internally and externally, to make sure that it's easy to use. And then we really just try and look at the different user groups that we have and understand which customers want a more robust feature set and How can they access that within the product without it being a burden on their everyday usage of the product? Say if it's more complex reporting or something that they just use from time to time. So we kind of make sure that like all of the common use cases are covered and very easy to see on the product. And then if you want to dig deeper into the workforce planning, then you can easily find those additional filters and and reports in some of the deeper layers of the product. So you have a support help desk. It's something that I I don't normally see in, in an IT platform. It's more like send an email or there's one client care. Has that helped with the onboarding process of new clients and existing clients when they're not sure how to perform a certain task? Absolutely. So we do a couple things in order to support our customers. So the first is for the first 90 days, an account manager has, you know, one-on-one relationship with the customer to make sure that the implementation and any integrations they're doing has gone well. After that, we find the customer just doesn't need the weekly support since they're up and running at that point. They're able to access either all of our content on our support page, which has common questions that may come up, or they're able to call or email the technical support support team directly to get anything answered. We are finding on the on the bench product that it's a great place for us to hear just new feature requests. So it ends up being a really helpful place for customers to say, oh, hey, I was just using the product and I'd love if we could also do this. So it's a great source of feedback for us. And yeah, so a few different ways that we continue to support our customers as they're up and, up and running. So how big of a whiteboard do you have with these ideas, the number of <laughs> check marks to, to, to determine which one is actually going to go with? <laughs> Those are, I think, are my favorite internal meetings of the week is our product prioritization meeting that our lead product manager runs. And we have stakeholders from all the different teams. And it's always a good debate in terms of what features are we going to prioritize? Why are we going to prioritize them? Why do we think they would have the biggest impact on our customer base? So they're always really exciting and challenging conversations, but definitely one of my favorite internal meetings that we have every week. So with Bridget Bench, what was the initial focus and what's the focus now? Was it focusing on on how to efficiently utilize the time of construction companies team? Was it to provide targets? Was it provide priorities? Because Sometimes there's like eight projects that a project coordinator is on and how do they know? Sometimes they're still learning. How do they know? So what was the initial vision once you spoke to everybody and what is Bridget Bench's goal? Absolutely. Yeah, there was a few things we realized. So one, we realized that because a lot of the data for the workforce and what the job assignments were going to be was in Excel, there wasn't a strong understanding of at any point in time, what is the utilization of your workforce? So say you have 100 people and only 80 people are assigned to projects, then you have an 80% workforce utilization. And there, there wasn't a quick way to understand what that number looked like. And therefore, it was difficult to have a baseline metric that you could try and improve the utilization rate of your workforce. 
And at the end of the day, if you're not 100% utilized, then that means there's overhead costs that the company's incurring, and it's ultimately not good for their bottom line. So the first one was, what are some of the key metrics that the operations team would like to track if it were easy for them to track? And how can we give you those baseline metrics so you can then improve on them? The second thing was that we saw that a lot of these operations managers were spending a lot of time doing manual data imports to their Excel spreadsheet. And with a cloud-based software tool, you can easily integrate with other service providers. So we could integrate with their CRM or integrate with their project management solution. So they didn't need to do any of those manual updates anymore. And then one of the third major things was with an Excel spreadsheet, they weren't able to quickly access any historical information. So John was on this project at this point in time and had this specific role. That was a race the second they updated their workforce plan. So now we can track all of the historical information for every project and every person. So you can use that insight to make your future workforce plan. So those are some of the three, I'd say, most important components that we were hearing the industry was having challenges about and that we set out to solve when we were building the product. Yeah, it's interesting because I think you mentioned the overall construction software platforms out there. It seems like they mainly dealt with a lot of the front of house systems and operations for clients coordinating with architects and designers. And it sounds like, I think you mentioned in your second point, one of the most important things was the integrations with this. Like, How do you fit your workforce management into the overall scheme? I think you guys recently announced an integration with Procore. I think it was March of this year. Why was that important? I mean, you've touched on it a little bit, but I think it probably rounds it out a little bit. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Absolutely. So I think one of the things that prompted that was just a huge number of our customers were also Procore customers. So in the 80 to 90% range, which to us meant that we had very complementary solutions. So Procore handles a ton of different modules. They have an excellent project management platform. Resource planning specifically was not one of the modules that they offered that those same clients felt like they had a need for. And so we felt like an integration would be really helpful and just in terms of streamlining their work. So with the embedded app experience that Procore offers, you're able to log into Procore and have a tab that's dedicated to Bridget Bench so you can quickly access your workforce plan from within Procore. And then the second thing we started to introduce is some syncing between the data. So we've started with project data in particular, again, to take away some of that manual effort that we know the operations managers had been having to do previously. So anything that we can just do from an integration perspective to help save them time and save them the effort from switching between different systems, we are looking to accomplish through that integration. Yeah, I think that's pretty awesome because it's easy to create the schedule of an overall project. And then, like you said, pull up the Excel file. Okay, who's working where? Move this column over, move this column. Okay, I can slot this one here. I think it probably does definitely save a lot more time in just a weekly meetings. This is where you're going. You can just kind of automate that almost and they can get the push notifications to say, okay, here's your schedule for the week. Exactly, yeah. So are there still some challenges out there in the market that Bridget is facing? I mean, obviously, you guys are always looking to improve, but how about the buy-in from companies, small or large? Are there challenges out there? We've been really fortunate. I think that was partly due to the research process that we went through before launching the product. So, you know, with only having been in market for one year on the Bridget Bench product, we already have 70 customers on the platform and they're large scale customers. Just under 30 of those customers are on the ENR 400 list. So they're companies like Balfour BD, Skanska, and we've started to roll out to one region at a time from within those companies, expand from there. And so 
We feel like the research process that we've developed to work with our customers and understand their challenges and then build products that are the appropriate solution for them definitely works and has allowed us to get this fast traction. I think in terms of challenges, we just feel very impatient because I know our team has heard so many great ideas from the industry and we've come up with some really exciting ideas. We can just never build the product fast enough, I would say. So these are common challenges, I think, within every company, software or not. But we just feel like we just want to get to some of those really big and exciting features that we have planned for the rest of this year and early next. So patience. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I know that's something sometimes when that idea comes, you just want to keep pushing ahead with it, right? Now, is this kind of solution, is it, do you feel like it's underserved in any market like residential? Because I think on the residential side where there's more carpenters, there's more of a workforce as opposed to subcontractors, do you find them using it a little bit more or... We actually have a pretty even split on the bench product between contractors that are doing more commercial work, residential work, heavy civil work. On the field product, we definitely saw more of a more demand on the residential side just because the finishings are that much more precise and there's certain homeowners moving in that have specific requests and all of that. But on the bench product, we really are serving every part of the industry at this point. And one of the next things that we plan to prioritize is just further building out the product to be suitable for subcontractors and going beyond just general contractors as a key stakeholder that we serve today. Yeah. So I guess in terms of allocating to subcontractors or vendors, clients for their buy-ins, maybe that's why the integrations into the construction management software solutions is so key because you don't have that functionality yet. Exactly. Yeah. And I think like the industry has moved so quickly and there's still many gaps in terms of the software that's available in the industry. So I think the more the construction tech firms can work together, the more of an integrated and high performing solution the industry will get. So it's nice to see that, you know, all these companies have been so willing to collaborate and work together because I think it's just ultimately the best thing for our customers. Yeah. I mean, it's been more of a, I mean, your focus right now has been really in the North American market. It sounds like a lot more of the North American firms have bought into the product, but it sounds like it could be a global because it's not like it has an impact on building codes or anything like that. It's more workforce. So it can be a global uh, sort of solution. Is that kind of a bigger kind of vision of where you want to take it? Absolutely. So yeah, I think North America is a massive construction market and there's you know a ton of opportunity for us here today. I think we'll start to explore more of a global presence as we have partners in more areas around the world and also customers that are bringing us to some of the other regions that they operate in. So it's definitely something we're open to, given that it's relatively early in the product's lifespan. We just want to stay really focused for the first year, but definitely open to exploring global opportunities as we continue to build up our partnership and customer base. What about the integrations? Because do you have the functionality now or do you want to have the functionality with accounting softwares? I know there's a ton of them out there, but having that kind of integration could just add that extra time-saving measures for accountants or controllers or the, the project managers on the sign-offs and the pays and stuff like that. Is that something you're looking at as well? It's definitely something we've talked about internally, and I think that will also be you know, very much driven by the needs of our customers. So it hasn't been a key request right now, but we have an open API. So if a customer does see an opportunity to integrate with a different solution that maybe we haven't formalized a partnership with, then they're able to do that integration pretty easily with the support of their IT team, and they can get data syncing back if they see an opportunity to eliminate any other manual processes by syncing up with their accounting system. 
That's awesome. So for companies out there and people listening, what do you think the biggest opportunity would be to switch to a system like Bridget, either for their site or for management team? So yeah, I think a lot of construction companies are starting to just really evaluate their software stack, how far they've come over the last number of years, and are starting to you know self-identify some of the gaps and areas for improvement that they could continue to build out their tech strategy for their company. So I think we are one of those areas. There hasn't really been software for the construction industry and resource planning before. And I think ultimately the thing we can help them do is improve the utilization of their workforce make sure they're getting the right people to the right jobs um, that have the appropriate skill set and ultimately give a better experience to their employees if they're able to better satisfy different preferences of their team members, which ultimately will help retention when demand is so high for talent in the construction industry. So I think those are a number of you know the high level areas of value that we can help with. And then of course, just removing the need for the day-to-day manual effort that I know no one loves <laughs> as part of their job. So any of that pain we can take away, we're happy to do so. I think a big opportunity as well, me being a small business, business owner is just because I think a task is supposed to take a certain number of time because I can do it in that time doesn't mean that a team member could potentially do it in that. And I think recognizing how quick they can learn, how quick that they can solve certain specific tasks on a project can only benefit a management team because now they're properly able to plan and, and you know, allocate their resources. Yeah, absolutely. You're touching on something interesting that we discovered, which was around succession planning within the industry. So often VP of operations would be like, oh, it's not a big deal. I've used the same spreadsheet for a number of years. And it's like, what if you decide to retire? Or what if you move to another company? Or what if this happens, then is there a data source that the team could take over and continue to use? And would that be a seamless process? Or would that be very difficult? And then they're kind of like, oh yeah, I guess that was all in my head. And it would be very difficult to pass this off to anyone because it was just a single person that owned the workforce. And it, makes sense that one, and it makes sense to that one person, right? Yeah, exactly. So by having a solution that, you know, we have different permission levels and everything. So only certain individuals at a company have access to certain types of information, but by making it slightly more collaborative, you really are making it a lot easier for the workforce planning efforts to be owned by one person still, but a bit more of a shared accountability and at least understanding um, across the broader team, which has definitely been another big value add for our customers. Now, when you allocate, say, a certain resource to a team member, how detailed can you be? Because I know sometimes I can go overboard giving verbal instructions on how to or on what my expectations are. Is it that functionality to say, this is kind of what I'm looking for? This is specifically what I'm looking for? So you can be pretty detailed just in terms of, first of all, the percentage of allocation so we can get really granular how much time you want an individual spending on a project. We recently added a new feature where you could add specific notes to every role on the project or need that you have on the project. So maybe there's two PMs, but you need one of them to be very skilled in one area and the second one to be skilled in a different area. You could add all of those specific details and use that as history and context to help for future selections. And then when it comes to an individual, you can track up to 50 custom fields for every individual, whether it's certifications, preferences around whether they would like to move cities or regions for a project. Are they are they willing to do that? What types of projects would they like to work on in the future? Are they an expert in any particular type of construction? Have they worked with this client before? So all these various attributes that 
when in a spreadsheet are very hard to put to use, but when you can easily filter and surface that information, you end up being able to create better teams with people that like working together, that know the client, and ultimately are it's the best team you could put forward, as well as having a highly utilized workforce. I think one example we heard really early on, which was a problem because they just didn't have access to the data, was a contractor and they, they started a project, they thought they had this amazing team on the project, and it wasn't going well. So they started to take a, a deeper look at the team and they realized that all of the individuals were very experienced, but they were all brand new to the company and had been at the company for less than a year. They sort of thought that they were putting forward this really expert level team. And had they been able to run a quick few gut checks and filters to sort of see what the overall team dynamic looked like, then they would have likely caught this, which was just not that easy to do in the Excel spreadsheet, but we would make easy to do in our software. So just little things like that, that ultimately can make or break projects. It really comes down to the team that you're putting forward. Well, that sounds like the platform is pretty much a one-stop shop for managing your resources, not just for now, but also moving forward into the future and growth of your team and your company by extension. Where can our listeners find more information about Bridget and all the benefits that it could have for them? Absolutely. So and they could definitely check out our website, which is BridgetSolutions.com. Another great place to follow us would be on our LinkedIn page just by searching Bridget. And that's where we post updates to our content content and case studies of you know existing customers so that's a great place to follow and then you'll see the updates come up in your linkedin feed and you know connect with us on all of our other social platforms as well but linkedin is probably the best place to find us uh, that's awesome well thanks so much mallory for joining us today it's been pretty fantastic learning how you've kind of set yourself up in in a quite a niche market that's it's a gap and that's still being people are using excel and people's minds because people think they can have it all stored in their minds so thank you so much for joining us today it's been an absolutely fantastic conversation thanks so much for having me and as always if you feel this episode will resonate with a friend or colleague and they want to know about how this workforce management solution could help them take them to the next level please do share this episode with them And if you are listening on the Apple podcast platform, please do drop us a review and give us a rating. It goes a long way. Knowing how you guys are liking the episodes, the content, and how we can improve moving forward. It's been pretty fascinating over the last few episodes, learning more about the so many different technologies out there and how they can help our companies, help us move forward in this industry. But On our next show, I want to take it back a little bit and, you know, focus on some of the fundamentals that every company needs. We're going to be talking with Brian Kaplan to learn more about why it's so imperative to systemize our business, why it is so important to really understand the foundation, or as he puts it, the pillars of any construction company.